0: Welcome to another episode of Sounds from the 70s with Gary and Rob, sometimes referred to as a young Lee J. Cobb. Lee J. Cobb! We, we are coming to you from the darkest part of Rob's mind. <laughs> I forgot I wrote that. I, I, wrote, I wrote this script so long ago, I forgot
1: I wrote that. That's funny.
0: Um, yet, Yes, this show actually is all part of Rob's imagination.
1: Is there a bright part? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh i am just a figment uh i'm not actually i do not actually exist dance figment dance <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> now uh this week
1: in That's our
0: quest rob I'm listening. i always like when i say that because i don't mean it like that but it always comes <laughs> rob my my teachers at school used to say that. <laughs> this week on our quest to do a show under 60 minutes which ain't gonna happen <laughs> this week. I say I could say that every week because I just feel it's never gonna happen. And we will be uh, reviewing the debut self-titled album by English art rock band Roxa Music or as I like to say it Roxamusic. Roxa Music Roxa <laughs> Music <laughs> which <laughs> which was which was released almost to the day as of this taping. 50 years ago in 1972, actually it's not on this tape, it was was about uh, when I wrote this script, it was was released in June of 1972, we were actually taping this show on July 2nd, but this is about very close to the Roxy Music's first album, to the actual 50 years ago that it was released, Uh, now this is the second episode we are taping this week.
1: It and, is. Uh, as we're we, as, to the bone.
0: Yeah, as we told you last week. We're playing catch-up. We, we fell behind, yes. We, we Well, we're not playing with catch-up, but we're playing catch-up. And uh, we fell behind. <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> 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 we fell behind in our taping schedule because of Rob's uh, grave illness. Yeah. Uh.
1: Uh, that and stupid employment
0: and stupid employment uh sounds like a good album (laughs) Uh, and and my bad back but which is kind of just wonky now it's not bad it's just wonky
1: (laughs) it's still Uh, chattering a bit it's it's not screaming
0: it's not it's not screaming no and uh i'm a little bit hoarse today because we're actually i had a last night i'm not gonna tell you what i did but i did something last night it was fun But it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) It was educational. it was. It it wasn't work-related, but it was supposed to be fun, but it didn't turn out to be all that much fun. But, my my throat, and because we're taping on a Saturday, we never tape on a Saturday. Yeah, not in the afternoon. And in the afternoon, because we have to catch up.
1: Not catch up, but catch up. Afternoon is like early morning. Uh, It is, isn't it? Why do you talk? (laughs) (laughs) i don't know just to fill the spaces just to hear my voice it sounds pretty why
0: do you talk um so rob my sick friend how was your week and please if you
1: could be specific as i am very thirsty by golly i uh took a couple of days off a couple of personal days and i just uh got my head together i screwed it on right and no guy's gonna tell me that it ain't and uh then I went to uh, work for a couple of shifts that uh, were crazy. Matches.
0: Odds and ends. All right. Lost time is not found again. I, you know what? This is like the only thing we do every week, is it?
1: No, I we have a beginning.
0: Is. We have a beginning.
1: We have the beginning, yeah. But this is the only
0: segment we do every week, unless I have nothing. But I still do odds and ends, and I say
1: we have nothing. We have to uh, do some of our uh, other segments one of these days.
0: Uh, we're going to get to that. Don't not today, but not that's the, actually one of the, the questions.
1: One of the questions somebody
0: asked us. Uh, okay. So don't, don't. I won't. Don't fart on his parade. Is what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> okay. It's what I yeah. had in mind. I'm glad you hated me off at the pass. I did. You were coming there, and then you were going to fart right on our his parade. Our, our viewer mail, yeah. or not viewer mail, email. Viewer email. Yeah, from one of our listeners, and you were going to fart right on him. You were going to sit down right where he was sitting down and fart on him, but I said no. Keep that to yourself. I was
1: going to keep do. Keep your fart to yourself. An electronic fart which <laughs> sounds a lot like the old fax machines when you uh, you answer them on the phone. Let's start this again. Odds and ends. Odds and ends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lost time is not found again. We're proof of that. Okay. This <laughs> week on Odds and Ends, we are going to talk about our favorite subject, which is ourselves right and on. our show. Uh... I haven't done this in a long, long time, but I was checking our... I haven't done this in a long, long time. Well, you get wrapped up in doing the show and you you wrapped up. It had to be at least six, seven, eight months. I don't know, since I've actually checked the statistics. But I was this last week and I came across something which really blew my mind. (laughs) And uh, that doesn't happen too often. Well, it kind of does with our statistics. But um, when we... When we came back from um, hiatus the day, the day last year, because uh, oh the moving, yeah, we were moving. everyone was moving. Everyone moved at the same time, and it was very stressful. Literally, everyone moved. Even Uptown Mike moved. Even Uptown Mike, yeah. And uh, even we moved the studio. We all moved separately, and uh, we moved, uh, it was crazy. Uh, apart and together. Yeah, it yeah. was it was crazy. So we 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 took, I don't know, eight weeks off. I don't know. Leave me alone. We went crazy. We went crazy. We took about eight weeks off because we had to, because we just we didn't we didn't have to. Try concentrating on a
1: show when like uh, you're you're moving. It can't be done. Okay, don't talk. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh we came back and we came back with uh uh uh, a bank, Crosby Steals and Nash, okay, yeah, uh, and Young, uh, Before. thing. And then the one we did right after that theme was the reggae theme. Now, I'm going to tell you that the reggae theme did about as much as it as everything else did. It was, uh, it was normal, like it wasn't less and it wasn't more. It was just like, oh, okay, well, uh, you know, when I checked it a, a couple months afterwards, because this was done. We first put the uh, shows on at the end of uh, August last year, and uh, the beginning of September, and that's when we aired those episodes. So I think I checked them maybe before Christmas or something like that, and it was still very average, just like just like our normal episodes. Not, again, nothing big, nothing small, just average, and. Um, and I don't think I've checked it since Christmas because we have been—I'd only been pretty busy since we got back from Christmas break with various things. I remember once this year in the winter. That's it. I think that's it. Yeah. And uh, so I checked it this week, and here uh, our 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 episode on Bob Marley and the Wailers live album, which we both loved, uh, went through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> like literally is the se- second most popular episode we've ever done, and I'm swear to God. And the other episodes in they did they did they have done very well in the reggae in the reggae theme, but still kind of in commonplace. Oh my God! I didn't even notice Jody Mitchell. <laughs> oh my God! Jody Mitchell went through the roof too. Not as big as this. Bob Marley and the Waiters live up. I don't know what happened because what I followed I followed those shows I, I try and follow this something shows. happened this year yeah i don't know what happened because for like three or four months it just stayed average which is you know okay like that's okay if you we get a lot of viewers any or a lot of listeners anyways and boom it just stays average that's okay i thought barbara would do better but it did not and then it all of a sudden i check it and it's it went past our second biggest episode, which is the uh, Sorcerer soundtrack by Tangerine Dream,
1: well and I'm just gonna <laughs> check
0: how far behind it is from the dreaded Grease soundtrack, which for some reason is the number one rated show that we've ever done. That that just makes me sick to say, to be perfectly honest with you. That's that's my favorite I, review though. That is my favorite review because I, I really agree. let go on that piece
1: of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I expect humanity is crumbling, so that does not surprise me. <laughs>
0: it wasn't a piece of shit because side one was really and side two was very good, but the second, the second platter was just was just a waste of vinyl. Anyways, I'm not going to go back there. But what a piece of shit! <laughs> and then to have it, and then to have it just like grow every week with listeners just pissed me off. Anyways, why can't I find it, Rob?
1: With The stats.
0: You I am. But the they used to have the they used to have the episodes all in on one page, and now I have to go from. Page to page Maybe to page. they're like, uh, we've got so many of them that... Uh, oh, they, they changed change their page. format to fuckers. Right. I'm not going to say their names, but they changed the format to fuckers. Bum wipes. <laughs> Watch your language. <laughs> <laughs> See how you can say that? And, I, and uh, I can say it you can't.
1: See? I, I believe it.
0: Uh, Rob, uh, how was your week?
1: <laughs> well, and after I went to work, I came home and uh, I just kind of rested for the day and. the... Uh, by, by the end of that, I was feeling good again. I was feeling like, uh, you know, I could go out and I could play some golf if I wanted, but I didn't.
0: Why is it, Why is Country Joe and the Fish our most, our boringest episode? Had, that was our worst reviewed record as far as Boring is concerned. Why has that got so many... Why are you people listening to that? <laughs> <laughs> it's even got more than the, the the album that I think is one of the best albums of the 70s. One of, definitely the most one of the most underrated albums of the 70s that we did the following week. Arlo Guthrie Amigo, which we had a big disagreement about, Rob and I. And I love that album. Country Joe and the Fish has got, has got more listeners than that. Come on, people, don't don't piss me off, because I'm going to pull the show for a while then. <laughs> I'm going to
1: just take it off the air and just, say, listen. You kids like, can't listen to the shows <laughs> responsibly. We'll just have to sit down and take a break. Yeah, okay, this is... Uh, I'm, I'm, going to,
0: I'm going to... The Grease soundtrack is still number one. Tangerine Dream with Sorcerer. You know what? Bob Marley and the Wailers Live really beat the crap even out of Sorcerer, which, which is has astronomical numbers for this show. Really. That's how popular all of a sudden... You know what? Bob Money Waiters Live. Oh yeah, no, I
1: was just thinking it's nice that a couple of albums we liked are uh, going to the roof there. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: It is. Especially, uh, we were always excited that Sorcerer did so well. I still don't understand it. I will never <laughs> understand it unless somebody explains Nobody to me... Nobody
1: remembers Tangerine Dream. Nobody remembers <laughs> the movie. What's going on? I know, <laughs> and,
0: yet, and yet everybody listened to that episode. I don't get it. Maybe they were thinking that it, it was like the Grease soundtrack because <laughs> it was the one. Yeah. It was the, it was the one. It was the one right after the Grease soundtrack. I wonder soundtrack. if the title might have uh, led them to believe it was something else. So, anyways, uh, it, uh, the Bob Marley one is actually only. Uh, oh, I shouldn't have got rid of it. Yeah, it's actually just, oh, just it's it's nipping at the heel. So a few people, even if you've listened to the Bob Harley, listen to it again. Let's get that over uh, the grease. I want to get. I just don't want the grease one to be the grease soundtrack to be number one anymore because it's 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 a thorn in my paw. It's right in my <laughs> paw, and I can't get the thorn out because it's it's such an
1: abominable album. If that was the best show we ever did, then what was it all for? <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs>
0: By the way, kudos on the Joni Mitchell. Holy smokes you guys are uh sometimes you guys are incredible. Sometimes with the grease you piss me off, but there are some times when you guys listen to the most Mostly. You are unpredictable. You are unpredictable at best. Uh seriously, and uh you're I can never predict how an episode's gonna do. I think an album is totally obscure and nobody's gonna listen to it and all of a sudden, boom, it does better than than classic albums that we do. Uh, I'll give you one example. Why is the average white band uh, have more listeners than the Ramones? <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. I'm on the last page here. But it just amazes me. Like, you can't predict you. I didn't think the average white band would do good at all. And it's done fabulous. And it's like, oh, well, you, guys, you guys are incredible. And then you guys are incredible in the ways that uh, piss me off. I'm not going uh, to... I'm not gonna. No, Rob, don't stop me. Don't stop me, Rob. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're done with that. I just wanted you to know that I, I'm proud of you, people. Like Bob Marley and the Waiters live to go through the roof like that, and yeah. even though it, it 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 went past my our beloved Tangerine Dream Sorcerer soundtrack, which. Uh, surprised us uh it it, it it it's really cool and it really shocked me because it was like oh didn't I just look at that it was like at average ratings and all of a sudden no it's been like eight months I since know, I looked at it wonder, boom
1: did something happen in the Bob Marley universe which uh, suddenly um created interest that uh, sparked a lot of yeah, people I think he passed looking away.
0: It up yeah I just passed away
1: hmm <laughs> you yeah, almost had me there <laughs> <But laughs> Rob was I, actually I geeky. read I read a Bob Marley biography and Mm-hmm. He passed away a long time ago, foot uh, cancer. Okay.
0: Now um, I want to talk about a book. Oh, actually, book. I told book? I told Rob about this that I would do this, uh, but we're kind of ahead of schedule, or maybe behind. <laughs> maybe we should. We actually, don't know where we <laughs> are,
1: but we're <laughs> just going to keep talking till the talking is done.
0: Um, I was gonna. T- uh, yeah, we we'll, we'll we'll talk about this quickly. There's a. Uh, I was discussing this with Rob before the show because he was mentioning popular music. There is a book out that is getting rave reviews and I'm just going to pull it up here because I didn't really expect to do this, but I found that we are kind of, uh, we have time. We have, we have time to kill. And then we're going to have way too much time. <laughs> um, just, just give me a second here. Rob was going to tell you about pop music and, and what we're going to talk about in this uh, section. What about pop music you wanted to mention about this book?
1: Oh, and uh, I wanted to ask about uh, why it's so popular. I mean, uh, shouldn't it be less popular? Because it sucks mostly. You shouldn't say that. Pop music is what is the
0: foundation of what we all uh, basically listen to. I think that's... Uh, yeah, the opiate of the masses. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> I, why do I give... Uh, I, you know, if I would have had this ready, I, I, you people wouldn't have to be subjected to uh, Rob's rants. That'd be a good... That should be a good... E-hole. That should be a good segment on the show right. See, we didn't you shouldn't do a show on Saturday. It's, it's kind of off the rails today. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's very let's off. Let's get the this rails. done
1: and get out of here. No,
0: it's just it's just that we're rambling a little bit. We don't usually ramble. We're usually much more tighter than this, but today's it's a rambling. It's a rambling show. A rambling gambling show. <laughs> I'm still having trouble finding it. Oh, here it is. Okay. The book
1: Wrong. Come
0: on. The book is called Let's Do It. <laughs> Now, no, it's not a porno book. <laughs> Let's do it. Is uh, by Bob Stanley, and it's a voyage through Pop's origins, and it's a really good book. Not like the James Brown book that I was almost was forced to read. almost forced to do. forced to read by Lee. which I will, which I will read. But I am. I just finished this book, and uh, I don't want to be forced into a book to read until I'm ready to read it. Yeah, yeah. The, the compulsion and books don't go together. What was the title of the book for anybody who wants to buy it? James Brown, "Kill 'em and Leave." Kill 'em and leave. I don't think that's a title, but that's good. Well, I bet them. you it is. I thought, it would. oh yeah, maybe it is. Okay, but I'm not sure. Okay, so uh, we're talking about uh, the the birth of pop music. Let's Let's do it. Is subtitled the birth of pop music. I found this fascinating. Uh, It's a very ambitious book. It's very long and it attempts to tell the story of pop music from the turn of the 20th century when actually the term was first used, Rob. A 1901 advert in the stage for a sheet music lending library promised all the latest pop dot music. Pop, of course, dot for popular music. That's how we got. That was the first instance for of usage of, of pop, of music of, of pop in music. publication. Right. What?
1: Oh, in publication. In publication. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. And that was for, to the right. And that's. You know, and it. It. it uh, it's interesting because I can't go back to 1901. I can't. I can't. I don't know. I don't know what. That's even before the American Songbook. I don't know. That's a long time ago. That's you think that mostly it was classical. You think there was mostly classical and and cowboy songs and wasn't uh, the, operas. Uh, and close and, to
1: the Spanish American War, there uh, might have been. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Popular music.
0: I, I know they had popular songs by Stephen Foster and stuff like that, but that wasn't really a, a huge form uh, yet. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm, I, I, I consider know, myself knowledgeable in music in general, but I'm kind of drawing a blank on this for some reason. Popular music, as far as I consider popular music, like you got, you have the 1910s with your Rudy Valley singing into the gosh and then you have your Frank Sinatra's and your Bing Crosby's and, and stuff like that, uh, the, which is the American, great American songbook. But 1900?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking like to be pop music, it kind of has to be spread around the, uh, the culture. Um, uh, the, I'm always thinking electric media, like uh, radio. You know,
0: you have a very good point because if that's a... <laughs> Very good point. Because we weren't traveling much in the late 1800s, yep. uh, we weren't going overseas. Popular music, yeah, that's i I'm thinking we're not going to get into that because
1: that's really complicated. I'm thinking at the time maybe you had traveling shows that popularized yes. the music, but the only
0: music that really came around because we didn't have really recorded music as of yet. And well, that's how music we had the invention of 100%. the recorded music, but we didn't really have recorded music. No, um, so you're talking about sheet music. And songs that are written that are brought to people. Yeah, that's really cool If you have
1: traveling shows that can spread the music like that, but uh, you know, with no radio, no real, uh, lots of traveling, music I imagine was a lot more localized back then.
0: Uh, oh yeah. Well, this this book uh, it begins in Victorian London as the Victorian kind of London ends. So you got vaudeville music, right? You got that, the, the, uh, the vaudeville type music in London. Uh, and then it goes to the present day uh, of pop music, which it covers over 600 pages of this book. And it is extremely interesting how, uh, you know, you have people from the jazz community who are one time popular music, big bands, uh, Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, and of course Frank Sinatra. They actually, in one way, well, of course, Louis Armstrong and Duke Ellington were, of course, jazz musicians, but the singers were also considered, even though most people consider Frank Sinatra like a popular uh, standard singer, uh, at the time it was considered also a jazz singer because that's the way it was. (laughs) I can't explain that. Because that was the style. And um, it's just interesting how. One of the most interesting things which I want to get to is how music has stayed the same and how we look at it through the past 120 years. Um, In that for something like jazz, which became uh, popular, it's just you get the same kind of snobbishness that you still get nowadays. And you still get the criticisms. You could almost hear the criticisms of rock and roll in the 50s back Applied in the 1900s. But yes, it, it really is. One one thing that is said, like jazz is the assassination, the slaying, the murdering of syncopation. Uh, we are musical anarchists is, is something that somebody wrote at the time. I mean, these... Uh, In Variety magazine, in the first recordings of country music, that was around 1927, I remember, because that was Jimmy Rogers and and the Carter family. Uh, In Variety music, they wrote, it's poor white trash music with the intelligence of morons. (laughs) So you're looking at almost... I like that kind of It's almost unbelievable to read because almost every new music that comes all through, all through the all through the last uh, 120 30 years since we've had media as you said come through the radio waves and then the television waves and then satellite and whatever um, radio has RF. been criticized as garbage it really has it doesn't matter mm. what it is it has been criticized uh, at when starting and out rock and roll was the devil's right. music. In 1910, a New York Times writer was complaining that music had become too mechanized mechanized and soulless. This is in 1910. I say this now. I bet (laughs) you that
1: guy was used to going to classical.
0: (laughs) Right. He was decrying the factory output of Tin Pan Alley of writing this pop standards in Uh, uh 1910. 110 years later, I'm, I'm talking about the music now being, and I could be wrong. It's just my opinion. But I'm just saying the same thing. I'm saying that pop music is too mechanized, mechanized and soulless. And it's amazing how you think things have changed. And it has,
1: but we don't like anything new. <laughs> we don't like change. We don't like anything new uh we get ingrained with the music we heard in our 20s we do 30s and uh that is what that is what at is some basically point, clear something clicks off and you just you, you don't have any patience for the new stuff coming out that is
0: that pretty much sums up pop music it really does what rob just said pretty much sums up this book and pretty much sums up anything that we talk about music is that we have our own time I know that I have my own time with the music that I love. Luckily, I love a lot of different kinds of music, but it is from a certain, well, I'm not the ones that I love the most are from a certain time. There was a time when I could, could not listen uh, to like Frank Sinatra, didn't have drums. I had a hard time adapting to music that just had strings to it. And then when I got used to it, my ears got used to it. I said, "Oh, this is
1: fantastic!" And this I, is—I get it. I know we I
0: had to submerge myself a little bit in it, and then I got it. But mm. if I didn't have that patience, I could easily dismiss it as old people's music, like people do, like now with people with the music that I love and we love, as uh, so like that's that that bullshit old people. Although we're lucky because a lot of young kids love our music that we listen to, and I tried to keep up with music until we hit the millennium and then it was like the rock bands there was
1: just first of all there was too many and yeah you know there was with 600 the albums coming of, out every uh, week. The songwriting and uh, the fact that you could record electronically on no cost anymore it, anyone who wanted to do an album could do an album which i think is great but as far as um, listening to new material there's so much of it Yes. What rises to the top? It got to be it got to be
0: uh, too much, and there was the independent labels, which when we were growing up was few and far between. And then almost all uh, bands were releasing independent records on their own labels, and or just upstart labels. And the music came too much, and then the music changed, and I didn't like the music that was on the radio. They stopped playing rock music, and they started playing pop music, and then. It's just too many acts and too many acts I didn't like. And it just basically, I think time went by me. I think, I think that happens uh, to a certain extent is that you try and follow the music. And then there comes to a point, and there are critics that are still, Grill Marcus, as I mentioned like every week on this show, uh, comments on music uh, from 1880 to present. I wish I had that ability to listen to all music like that. I don't. I pretty much stop at the year 2000. Uh, because that's pretty much when rock was like eh. you know there was no more MTV to play videos there was no uh, when they became just shows on there and and it seemed like music wasn't a vital force and it's still yeah, not a vital radio force radio
1: stations were uh, there were no new rock or very few new music stations that's right you had to get uh, satellite
0: stations and then then you got satellite stations that are very specific to what you want to listen to yeah. which is great
1: But But the great thing about when I
0: was growing up and when Rob, me and Rob were growing up, was that we had a rock station that played 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, blah, blah, blah. Variety,
1: yeah, because there wasn't so much of it then. Right. You wouldn't, uh, if you just played from like the last four or five years, you'd be doing what the the, the top 40 stations did, which was play the same songs every two hours. Exactly. And, uh, And that was the time before computer programmed music. Yeah. So it's, it's,
0: it's, it, it really is a fascinating book because things. It's, it's strange how people's attitudes never change. They don't like new things. Anything that's new and they're scared of is like bullshit. It really yeah. is. If you read yeah, this book, everything yeah. is bullshit. Even the nicest music. You know that's bullshit. I've never Why do that's, they have so many strings on there? That's bullshit. That's that's
1: a cacophony of sound. I don't like it. That's a, you know definitely there's definitely an emotion of being threatened here. Because normally something new comes out you don't like if you just ignore it. But to actually uh downplay it and uh, degrade it and say uh this is uh beyond substandard crap. This is poison. Uh. I remember I remember
0: so distinctly when I was about 10 or 11 and I was maybe even before i was getting into music cuz i got into music big time in, in in the uh spring summer of 1977 but i remember the news reports and i think it was before yeah it was i think it was before i got into music and the 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 fury over punk rock <laughs> because they what the news stations did and you all news stations have you you know if you were around that time and if it, it was like it was like the apocalypse it was like <laughs> this new music which i hadn't even listened to yet what but if i was catch scared on, of it it'll destroy everything yes i was scared of it because they would show pictures of them in the clubs and they all had these crazy clothes they on they crazy haircuts. to their body that we wouldn't do yeah <laughs> with the with the pins and everything and then they were throwing each other around which actually now is commonplace to have you know the threat. Oh, I mean, everyone calling?
1: has tattoos now. You're weird if you don't have a tattoo or. A yeah, thing.
0: but even the, the 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 jumping on each other and everything, which started with punk music, ha- is 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 done in all types of music. You know, and well, not maybe, but you know what I mean. It's more commonplace. But how it was demonized because, it, like Rob said, it scared people, and. It scared me because they scared me, the media scared me about punk music. <laughs> then I listened to it and I said, "Holy shit, this is great stuff." I don't care what these guys, these guys are not like me. They're most of the stuff, you know, these guys had nothing, you know, I came from a middle-class family that had was pretty well off as me and Rob did. But that's why music breaks down barriers. Music has no color and it has no uh, monetary value. Music is just music. So if you got music, listen, anybody can like the Ramones or not Rob, but anybody can like a group like the Dead Boys or the Sex Pistols that are sounding off about anarchy and sleeping in the streets and peeing on people (laughs) because they're drunk. And you don't have to associate with it to like it. You just have to like the music and say, I could understand me. I'm not in that situation, but I can understand being in that situation, what I would do if I had no money like these kids. Like you, I wasn't like them, but I love the music. And that's what all music should do. It's It should be able to transport you. I didn't think music really did that for people until rock and roll came. That's why me, that's why rock and roll has such a, uh, uh, an arm. What am I trying to say? It has such a bear hug on people for the last sixty seven years that no other music has ever had. And that when you see commercials, it's rock music. And when people quote lyrics, it's from rock music. And it, it, it's because it's the only music that I think you can, you can actually identify emotionally with completely. I'm not saying that the American songbook and stuff you can't, but it's, it always seems like, oh, I could never sing like Frank Sinatra, sure. I can't sing like Dean Martin. And I don't have suits like that. Like it was always, it seemed everyone was a niche. Right for a certain audience, except rock and roll. Rock and roll invited everybody. You like country yeah. music? We have that in our music. And you like jazz? We even have a little bit of jazz in our music. You like standards? We put standards in our music. We we don't
1: we don't segregate. It got mixed in with everything because there were so many different people from different musical backgrounds coming into it. Exactly, uh. exactly. Who listened to all that stuff?
0: The initial people, and even the second generation of rock and rollers. Who listened to the stuff beforehand and incorporated it into their music? That is the great thing about rock and roll to me, and also pop. pop but it's just it's just fascinating about when you read this book how the pop is so, no matter what decade, it's assassinated one. You know, it's like it's like. Th- Oh that's terrible. I I did the same thing in the, when the, when the millennium started and all the Britney Spears acts came and I said this is this is garbage. This is terrible. I know it's obviously not appealing to me. It doesn't mean it's garbage. It just means that I was overreacting because I thought it would take over and it did. I knew it would take over. I I I'm enough of a musicologist to know when something's going to happen. And I knew that the only thing that could overtake rock and roll is popular music, pop music, that uh, appeals to the young people. Now, pop music, I don't think appealed. to... Pop music, when we were growing up, was like the poppy family. (laughs) I don't think anybody remembers the poppy family. Um, You know, uh, paper lace that I Chicago (laughs) tied. Like, things like that. Like, pop music was pretty terrible. Like, it was... Pop music was like Barry Manilow and shit like that, and that wasn't it. wasn't It wasn't clinging to people. Now they actually have mute pop music that speaks to the young people, to the eighteen year olds. And I knew when that happened, that rock and roll would survive, but it wouldn't be the popular form anymore. It wouldn't be the form. It would be now. Now it would be pop music, and. Maybe that's why I had such a visceral reaction to it and so angry is because I didn't like the music and I knew it was going to take it, take over, which it did. I'm very good. I'm very good at predicting things. If I hear it, I, I can I can hear things and say that's that's going to last a long time or that popularity is not. Luckily, you know, we still have we still have punk music, in in its own form. I mean, we don't usually discard music. We even still have progressive rock. But now it's turned into a different form of progressive rock. That's the one form of music that you almost never see the keyboard-oriented bands anymore. They're all very uh, hot, heavy metal, Heart really rock, heavy, metal. heavy metal. Yeah, and they're the progressive <laughs> rock bands. Other than that, there everything has its niche. If you ever go into satellite stations, you know everything has its niche because <laughs> yeah. it's
1: there. I'm uh, the surprised is how many satellite stations they got for how many different uh, oh. music styles that I'd never heard of or thought of. Stunning, actually, when you think of it,
0: because when we were growing up, it was... You had your AM stations, and then you had your rock stations, and then... There were only you had three your, channels
1: on TV. Yeah, it was... There were only three condiments.
0: And they would... Uh, <laughs> they would they would put everything, uh, as much as they could, into that thing. But now they decided this... You know, and rock was another thing that rock, since it encompassed so many things, we're really getting off topic. Because <laughs> I'm running out of time again. But uh just one thing I want to say. Something that we just... Have been expounding upon rock, took everything, took all its influences, and put it in. And you can get no better example of that than this show or the 1970s, I should say, because we've been doing this show for over three years now, and we still have not covered all of the genres of music. And, and, <laughs> and we may go another year or two until. Until we do, Uh, they just keep popping up. When I think that we're near the end, I remember another form or I look up another form and it's like, my God, this is all rock music Uh, in its time. It got played on rock stations. Even reggae music is considered a form of rock music uh, because it was popular in the 70s and it was played on the FM stations. That's, we are all encompassing in rock music. We, we love diversity it's 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 the heartbeat of rock and roll
1: and uh it's not in any other form of music no other forms of music are a little more glass case a little more here's the the confined boundaries and uh if you do go outside them you're a bit of a rebel or a lot more of a rebel than you would be if if you were doing rock music and did that same thing exactly um so to sum up Pop music is crap. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: well, rock music was pop music for a long time, like as far as being the popular music. So, that's, uh, But anyways, I, I totally, totally recommend, if you're into music at all, uh, the book by, it's lengthy, unfortunately, the book Let's Do It. Which I like to write a book. Let's, let's, let's do But if you bought something, yeah, totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, me. Let's do it. Let's do it by Bob Stanley. Those, those French bikini. <laughs> uh, totally recommend uh, that book. Uh, it just, it just, uh, you know, you just think you know so much, and then you read a book, and you realize that you got so much more to learn. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's really history is never ending. That's why I hate people
1: trying to cancel history. Because when we we were growing up, this was just stuff that was happening, and some uh, at some point it became history. It became history. (laughs) It
0: just becomes history. And there's so much that they don't teach that you have to learn by yourself, and that's why living, you're always learning. You learn until you die. Yeah. And that's a great thing. You never, you never, no matter how smart you are, you never learn everything you want to. I will never get to hear all the albums I want to hear in my lifetime. And I will never know all the things I want to know about music in my lifetime. It's just might fast. stay alive as long as you can. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, now we're really over time because I know it happens every week. Uh, we're fine. We're
1: great. To okay,
0: do that. so uh, today we are reviewing the self-titled debut album from England's Roxanne Music. i got to stop that. you going to do that. From nice. England's Roxanne Music, released 50 years ago this month as we're taping. in nineteen. 19- By the time you hear this, it will not be this month it will it will be last month or the month before yeah in (laughs) 1972 now this is this is one of the this we shouldn't even be reviewing this (laughs) album (laughs) because it's one of my personal favorite albums of all time and I try not to pick any favorites but you know when I was going through the list of debut albums of 1972 and I was saying and I picked the four and I said these four really encapsulate 1972 and I I said, I, I got to do it. I I don't like to put something on there that I'm so either... I, I hit the... Still thing. good, still good. I, sorry. I hit the... I hit the, uh,
1: the table. The table. Which <laughs> in t- turn, jiggle the microphone, which would normally be a disaster. <laughs> We've discovered green duct tape. Which I jiggled tape. it.
0: Right on the air, I jiggled it. Um, yeah, I don't like to pick an album that I'm uh, really partial to or impartial to uh i don't like to pick albums that i really hate beforehand that i've listened to because obviously well it's just it's harder to give
1: an honest review it's harder to give an honest view already got your mind right. made up you're not um, learning too much new
0: and you know if you've listened to it 40 years ago and loved it or hated it you could have been in a real bad space at that time and loved it for a reason and you can never unlove something if you really love it and you can never um Unhate something if you really despise it, uh, but it could be when you listen to it, and that's why I try to pick try to pick stuff that's at least neutral when we're listening to it that week. Sometimes it doesn't work that way all the time. I've listened to too many records for for to us to just listen to stuff we haven't listened to or only listened to once or twice and had no real real concentrate listening. So, to, so it's going to be a little bit tilted this week. Yeah, okay? heard this one before. You know it. Uh, tough luck. We're, still still luck. we're just coming we're just we're gonna do it uh rocks music i'll say you right now one of my favorite bands of all time i think they're brilliant they're an english rock band formed in 1970 by brian ferry who was the band's lead singer and main songwriter and all around driving force genius to me and yeah, driving force driving force very much so yes uh, maybe not at the, maybe not so much at the beginning, but definitely by the end of Roxy Music was the was 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 Roxy Music, and uh, other members of Roxy Music were were uh, the great guitarist Phil Manzanera, uh, Andy McKay on saxophone and oboe, and Paul Thompson on drums and percussion, and most importantly for the album that we are reviewing. Uh, at the time uh, one of the original members was Brian Eno on Synthesizer and Treatments which is just kind of noise created by Synthesizer yeah. which is just
1: amazing cool synth noises yeah
0: cool synth noises and uh, he also was on their next album For Your Pleasure which by the way is uh, amazing <laughs> all the albums are amazing I'm sorry um, and then he left the band and started the solo career now Brian Eno is the Brian Eno but uh, he started out on Roxy Music, uh, and that's basically it. I mean, they they were they were they Brian Ferry was an artist, he uh, one of the art school people, uh, and actually a, a few members came from the art college uh, type of background. And we won't get into that too much. Sometimes we get into that too much when we waste time, uh, but. I heard, I heard, so we'll just get into this. I heard Roxy Music for the very first time, to my knowledge. Well, I heard Love is the Drug on the, on the radio. Yeah, that's the one I first heard. That was one played all the time on the radio in, since, since the album was released in 1975, Siren. But, you know, it was just a kind of like song. Like, Roxy Music was not really music that was played. And Roxy Music broke up in 19... 19- Broke up or took a lay, uh, took a, a, a had a layoff of a couple of years. I don't know. Um, I don't know if they broke up. I it's kind of still ambiguous, but they released a whole bunch of albums, including these, this one, obviously about four or five. And then about 1976, they 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 took a break. Brian Ferry did a couple of solo albums, and then they came back in 1979 with their album Manifesto. But they were a much much less experimental art rock band and more of a, um, I hate to use the word new romantic, but, or art vogue band, but much less complicated, but, um, both, both, uh, lyrically and musically, but, uh, in, in itself was a different sort of music. It was, um, I can't, I can't think of... It cannot be described. It was, I cannot describe it. It, it. It's. I'm sorry. I
1: just... Go, you have to listen to it. <laughs> so anyways,
0: oh. it wasn't Manifesto that I started listening to it, even though Dance Away, the song from it, was uh, popular on radio. It was actually Avalon and Flesh and Blood. And I heard... I, I bought Flesh and Blood, which was the... released in 1981. And... Or 1980, I see. I don't know. I'm going about way back that, in my memory uh, It was one here. in between. One I'm going Avalon. way back in my memory here because uh, I know that Avalon was released, I think, in 82. And I'm relying on my memory instead of my notes because I don't like to rely on notes for stuff that means something personal to me. But I heard Flesh and Blood. I really liked it. I know a lot of critics kind of didn't think much of it uh, at the time, but some do. Grill Marcus, again, who I mentioned, really liked Flesh and Blood. I just love the sound. It was... It was a lot of synthesizers and it was it was just new to me it was very romantic but it was very i don't know it was it was different from what they did before and i i bought flesh and blood loved it and then i bought avalon and avalon is like was one of my favorite albums then and it is one of my favorite albums now i used to listen to it all the time it had songs like more than this and uh, it was just a beautiful album from beginning to end. Five-star record. I can say that because we can't review it because it's the <laughs> 80s. 80s. But I, was, I had become a Roxy Music nut because I had heard those two albums. They went on the Avalon tour, which was their last tour before they broke up. And I didn't get to see them. They were here in the city, and I didn't go. I don't know why, because nobody was Roxy Music fans, So I guess nobody would go with me. And tickets were... So expensive at 10 bucks, that which was huge for me back then. <laughs> yeah. uh, I really wish I would have gone, but at the time it made sense. Anyways, I went back. Right away, after buying those two albums, I went back to the beginning. And I think about 1984, I bought their first album, which is this one that we're reviewing, Roxy Music. And it was like I had never heard anything like this. Like, holy shit. From the first time I listened to it. I was like, what is this? There's like three songs in one song. It changes three times. (laughs) This is how I want music to be. This is breaking every single damn rule about how to make music in every song. It would have disjointed guitars in it when when you shouldn't have. It's got you know, a nice, oh it's got a nice melody and all of a
1: sudden you got a disjointed the guitar, guitar thing coming in and i noticed the uh the bass and the drums tended to be turned up quite a bit yes. very dominant you can hear you could hear on some
0: songs the bass and the drums be low at the beginning of the song come up high in the middle it was like there was no there was no boundaries to their adventurousness they had no rules i was stunned by this i said I want to make music like this. I want to make music that is n- that is not just the same all the way through. Of course, you do have to do that, I'm but what I die. mean is, what I mean is, this was my motto: as you can have no rules, there are no rules if you decide that. And that's that's what I just I, it just blew me away. I listened to this album. God, once a week for like a year because it was intoxicating to me. And I brought everything that Roxy Music gave to me with all their albums, all of them. And my favorites are the early ones because they're really adventurous, but I do love the later ones when they reformed again, is the sense that you can change the song right in the middle and then go into another section. It's still the same song, but it's a different chords. It's different timings. It's it's, yeah. it's amazing what you can do. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, that you
1: could do that. And they did it with such ease. And I was blown away. And pretty much all the parts sound really good. Like they're all really interesting, good sounding parts. It's not like there's any, anything that slacks anywhere. That's the point.
0: Uh, I think that's one of the things that attracted me so much to the record is that it wasn't experiment almost for experiment's sake, but it's experiment because they I had, like the
1: way this sounds. They had a lot of really good imaginative stuff to pack yes. into here. It
0: wasn't just, oh, let's change the song into this, even though it's bullshit. And that's the thing about the song is it changes from
1: here to here. And that's the only thing that we need it's, to do. It's it just need that to it know.
0: works. Hey, you came up with uh, that piano thing in the middle. Why don't you put that in the middle of the song? Because that sounds good in the beginning. Yeah, it's good. like
1: uh, Brian Ferry sings like uh, a line and then uh, yeah, something weird comes in on the saxes. And then he sings another a line. line and, uh, <laughs> and we could talk <laughs> cool about this guitar part all there.
0: fucking day, to be honest with you. Really, because this album is just filled with those moments. We could actually, which, which you shouldn't do, but we could dissect every song... And listen to it, dissect it, and tell you, this is, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, to to hear them do that right (laughs) at that that point, even for three seconds, is just amazing. But that's
1: not what the music is supposed to. You're just supposed to listen to it. I was trying to pin down these songs as like, uh, you know, to put, okay, this one, uh, that's eight bar blues. And, uh, you know, a minute and a half later. It's not. <laughs> it's not. He's doing this descending line with a different um, uh, melody. And,
0: uh. Like there's way too much to go through with, because we'd be here forever yeah. talking about every song. But there is almost... Every, they, even do, <laughs> they even do a doo-wop song at the end, at the which end and it sounds totally convincing. It sounds like a doo-wop done by uh, a very... Uh, upscale type of duo group but it still is so convincing they do every form of music and sometimes they even do a form of music in the middle of the song that's different from the one that started you got you got you know starting with remake remodel uh and the lyrics on this album fuck i, I can't even get into that they're just uh, they're just wow but like it's i can't get i can't talk about it i really can't talk because it's so inventive how can i talk about one song i have to mention how. it Comes in out of nowhere and then starts with only two fucking instruments, and then the whole band comes in. I mean, how I can't explain that. It's just it's just amazing. I can't. But I, all I can say is about uh, what a way to open up a band's career. We talked about this last week with the Eagles. But what a way to open up with a with a song like "Remake Remodel," which is just really rock and roll, old fashioned club bar rock and roll. Uh, and yet there's, I love the part, and I've always gone back to this part where they,
1: they, they play the, each, everybody gets a solo, oh, yeah, which they are so, um, who two bars, that? And then uh, the whole band out, cuts out for two bars, one guy plays, and then they play for two bars, and uh, the next two bars, another guy gets his thing to do that. Yeah, <laughs> even the drums, and I'm not putting that
0: down, but you don't do that. You just don't do that. You don't give the bass yeah, like... come whatever. to think of it. You don't give the drums a solo in the middle of a song. This is a...
1: This this is always like maybe one or two guys soloing. You don't have uh, the, the whole band showcasing what they can do. Uh, and in really
0: quick snips. But you, you remember them. Like, they're normal. Yeah. They're only quick. As you said, they're only two bars long. Each. They're such weird snips. Yeah. <laughs> that is just fucking amazing. And then we get, to me, the centerpiece of the album, which... To me is if there is something which i can't explain i i wish i could write something like this <laughs> but it has three parts to it but it's it's the same song but there's three parts to it and it's fucking brilliant <laughs> it's it's i it blows my imagination because there's so much intelligence in this there is so much intelligence in a whole album And I cannot break down one song because this music was not meant to be broken down because it just becomes a lot of blah talk about something that has to be listened to. And I love this album. It changed my life. It changed the way I learned how to write songs, how there's no rules, how you could have if I wanted to, a saxophone, blow a couple of notes where it shouldn't, but it fits and where a bass can come in in the middle of a song and do a little bit of
1: a part and then vacate but it's okay. (laughs) You think you know kind of like what you want to do and you heard enough music, but when you hear something like this it just expands the boundaries of what you can do to almost infinity. It's like Okay, now we can do anything. There are literally no rules because there's no rules on this album. That's exactly what I thought.
0: That's exactly what I thought when I heard this album. What you said, Rob, was exactly what I thought when I put that needle on that record that first time and I listened to it the first all the way through. And I said, There (laughs) are no boundaries. There is no, the only people that will tell me what to do are people who want to put you in a box. Yeah, and they want you to be commercial, and yet this album is as uncommercial as you can make it uh, theoretically. But it all works, and to me, it's as commercial as you can get because they're all hummable. They're all, yeah. it's undescribable. They're weird. If there songs, was are weak, weak, weak song on the album, there's not a weak song. It might change
1: it, but there's not.
0: There's there's not a weak song
1: on the album. This there's, is my perfect idea of busy music. This is uh, there's not a lot of spaces that uh, don't have something really interesting yes in. I
0: totally agree uh, and even I love kind of I love that space music parts. because everything has its place and some things you miss some things may take 10 listens <laughs> until you go <laughs> I didn't oh, know that was there. I didn't know that was there It's just I, I can't rave enough about this album just because it changed my whole thinking about not only rock music but music in general. And I know a lot of and Music fans get mad because they became a more sophisticated band by the time of Avalon and all that stuff. But you can't be inventive all the time. You can't do this music all the time because then you become a, a parody of yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't keep In on inventing. Changing. There's only so much you can, you can change and invent. And pretty soon... Yeah. You better change to something that is is you're going to stick with, because here they're obviously changing for for the purposes of we don't like rules. But then all of a sudden your music becomes rules, <laughs> and it's like to get away from that you become another band, which they kind of did. And I love them for it because they made the most beautiful music in their second incarnation that is just as strong star wise as as these albums, but they're they're radically different but they're just as powerful in their own way but this I can't talk about each song because I would be here all day I know Rob would would if we were playing the songs and I we were talking about them I know Rob would go hey listen to that yeah. <laughs> we'd be here till until like the sun went down talking about this all I can say and I just want to point out one more thing before I hand it over to Rob even though Rob has made some incredibly great points already
1: is Brian Ferry's singing which is just... Yep. I've never heard singing like this before. This, Yeah, the singing immediately uh, combined with the music. But definitely the singing. When I first heard it, I said, this is not 1972. This is about 1978 or 79. Mm-hmm. It, it does it sound like It doesn't sound like something that came out in This 72. does that. And may I
0: add that I have heard this because of what Rob said. I have heard this album, I don't know, 50 times at least. I don't know how many times I've heard this album. But... I have had this album since 1983 around there. I don't know exactly when, 1984, something like that. So I've had this album in almost 40 years. I put this album on this last week. It sounded brand new. This 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 stinks of new. <laughs> <laughs> this does, this music doesn't lose its freshness. I I swear to god this this music never gets old. The only album I've ever I wouldn't say the only album, but the album that really goes into my mind is always remaining new to me. And I know that I've listened to it hundreds of hundreds of times, which is the music, which is the album that changed my life when I first put it on, which is the white album. Always sounds fresh to me. And I have literally heard that album hundreds of times. This album, immediately when I hear it, it says, fuck, it's just like the first time. How can they do it? How can this band <laughs> do that? How can I listen to this for the 50th time or the 60th time or whatever and still think that this is brand new and it's fresh and I haven't heard it before? How does, how does a band do that? And getting back, I'm sorry I went off the track, but with Brian Ferry singing, he, it's like an actor because he, he, the way he sings lines, he goes into the way of the song and he'll quiver sometimes. He'll change his voice to yep. inhabit, inhabit the lyric that he's singing. I just love it when, he, "Going Up the Rio." <laughs> he
1: kind of, he kind of just, ex- exaggerates the emotion.
0: He bit, exaggerates but. the emotion exactly, yeah. and it gets you because you get into the song. I can't. I, I remember feeling so happy every time I uh, hear hear them sing. Uh, Virginia plain every time I hear them sing Virginia plain and he does that uh, I wish I had the can I bring that up for a second I just want to get the lyrics for that I'm sorry if I take a, a minute here um but the 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 singing ro of uh, Rob of the uh it's not the same well just like the music is not the same he changes his inflections even in the middle of a song he will in some songs if if, if it requires a certain character, yeah, that's okay and then the last half it'll be a different character and a different voice and you don't even notice it but then when you start to think about it you go holy smokes like this is a whole new way of singing this is not only a new way of music it's a new way of singing it's a new way of writing songs and I just found that I, mean. I just found that to be there everything about this album is um is ingenious to me like it's that's why i say this is uh this is this is total. i don't think it's been equaled as far as uh adventurousness is concerned being adventurous and yet being melodic and having strong songs all the way through and not being pretentious i don't think this album is pretentious in any way Uh, Oh, see, I love this. Make me a deal and make it straight. Like the way you say (laughs) like I I would sing like, make me a deal and make it straight. You know, something like that. But he sings, make me a deal and make it straight. All signed and sealed, I'll take it. (laughs) Now that's, as Rob said, is... That's
1: character singing. Baby. That's character singing, and it's over.
0: Character. It's over embellishing, yeah. but for the good of the song, because you're 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 drawn into it. And then it goes, uh, "Baby, Jane's at acapulco, we are flying down to Rio." <laughs> <laughs> now you don't find it funny, but you like that's kind of funny the way I sing it. But when he sings it, and the song is going, you just feel like, "Yeah, let's go down to Rio." Oh, I'm into this song big time. That's like through the whole record. And when he has to be somber, he's very somber. And it's just like, you know, throw me a line, I'm sinking fast. <laughs> I could do this whole album like that. Um, anyways, I'm I'm done. I've I've done enough superlatives already. Uh, any anything more
1: you wanted to add, Rob? Uh, obviously I give it five stars. I found is singing, uh, like I say, it didn't sound like the time. It was something like uh, I'd hear, I expect, from uh, Split Ends or something like that.
0: Late 70s, early 80s, something. Yeah,
1: the whole frantic. New wave-ish kind of thing. it is I frantic. Not what a great
0: word! Because his singing is frantic. it has the best two days word.
1: I was thinking panicked, but it didn't sound right. That's not the right word. It has a frantic feel to it, a busy, hurried, frantic feel. Yes, that's exactly what I was trying
0: to say, but couldn't come up with the right words. It has a frantic, hurried, frenzied feel to it. Exactly has
1: that kind of jump to it. Um, uh, yeah, the the, the one the, the thing I didn't mention the one I was saying that the bass and the drums are more up front. I was thinking um, when the bass is turned up that loud, uh, I would say, just as a personal note, you got to play it differently. You have to actually play like there are people listening. And it occurs to me a lot of my playing developed the way it did because uh, my amps were underpowered and no one could hear me. So it gave me the freedom <laughs> to do whatever I wanted. Because <laughs> you didn't think nobody would hear you. Yes. Uh. And the only time that would backfire is you when know, you go up on stage and the sound man. Uh, Kind it turns you up and then it turns you back down again. <laughs> yeah, but but you do hear yourself when you record, though, obviously. Yes, and he can't... Uh, no, you know, the, the one time you really hear yourself when you record is when they punch out all the other tracks and you're the only one playing. Oh, well, really? That's interesting. And then uh, then I find, I, uh, by golly, my timing's rotten. Just
0: <laughs> Oh, that's interesting, though. That's that's maybe why, uh, like, well, a lot of bass, bass players don't, but you take a lot of takes to do, is because uh, you know people are going to hear it uh, or you at least you th- you hope people are going to hear when the mix is done
1: then yeah, you want, that you want you want it
0: you want it to be yeah at that point during yeah. practice it's a lot harder
1: right and I don't get into the habit of uh, you know if you're up front like I say you're people are listening to you and you can't be as free and play uh, anything you want well you have to play good that that's the bottom line
0: yeah you have to play good
1: and these guys do you have to play inventive. Uh, not
0: necessarily everybody, but I mean, if you're going to be up front, like if you're in Journey, they're not going to put you up front and you can just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But if you're, if you're in like on that's this not record... not worth listening to. Right. Exactly. That's <laughs> not worth listening to. this is. But this is, and it's up front, so you not only are up front, people are listening, but it's up front for a reason. It's up front because the bass player is playing really good and is coming up with smart yeah. parts and you naturally, when you hear stuff like that, you put it up a little bit in the mixing
1: board. And the, you know, the, 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 a lot of the keys and the guitar and the, um, uh, the saxophones and that, uh, the horns, uh, they come in for parts that kind of uh, bubble up at the time they're being played and then they back off quite a bit. So it's just yeah, that it style is. of music. There is, it is.
0: Again, a, a point I wouldn't have made, but is an excellent one, is, is how things appear and then slowly disappear. Yeah. And it sounds... They're only if there you say it it a
1: second. One. Or for, I mean, uh, the moment that they're there, then they're gone. Yeah. They don't reoccur anymore. And
0: you think, us uh, saying that, though, oh, that's jarring, isn't it? No, it's not. No. <laughs> if you do it right, it's not jarring. In fact, you, just, I didn't even know... I didn't even realize that till Rob just said it. And I was like, you I know, I've been listening to this away. for 40 years. And it's like, that's right. <laughs> everyone,
1: everyone in the band was very consistently playing really imaginative good stuff. And they're so um, encapsulated
0: with the song, which is always my, that a musician should care about the song, which means, hey, you only got three seconds here. And then you're gone. You don't you don't really make it a point. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Like, there are so many people that I've worked with that are like, you take me out. I'm only I'm only really present for three seconds or whatever. And it's like, I'm not going for that bullshit. And it's like, but it suits the song. It suits the experimentalism <laughs> of the song. Well, I want to be in the whole thing. To be able to do that and to have your ego say, you know what? If it's for the, the whole texture of what we're trying to do, I'm with it. You have to have, you have to understand the big picture
1: and you have yeah. to have a, a, as little an ego as possible. A lot of years early on, I pretty much just listened to myself. And uh, <laughs> later on, I started listening to myself in context with a song and, oh, maybe I should come up here. Maybe I should turn down here. Maybe I You are actually one of the best <clears throat> people
0: who understands that if I,
1: if I ask something in one of my songs
0: for the good of the song, it's never personal. You know yeah. that if I ask the guitar player not to do this or ask the drummer not to play here it's because I'm thinking of the arrangement of the song and you understand that there are some people who don't understand it who just want to be playing through the whole fucking song and I'm saying it's not about you it's about the song it's not even about me and I wrote it it's about the song I have what I hear in the song like if you can play what you want and contribute something I'm all for it but if you can't make it better then do what I say <laughs> you know what I mean as far as the as far as the arrangement is concerned I never tell anybody what to play but I tell them maybe you shouldn't play here because it makes a bigger effect like there's a part in if there is something when there's just the drums and the piano yeah. and then Brian Ferry's <sighs> voice comes in <clears throat> and, then, boom, choo, and that's all you hear and then he comes in with the with the with the vocals yeah i love the piano which you just did and he goes uh and then and then i don't know how they come up with it he sings the vocal line and then they go when we were, we were young, young. Yeah. <laughs> and it works it was it's another part of this big song and i can't i i try sometimes to say to people who want to play all the time through a song uh I don't want to be taken out that you know what something like that part (laughs) is if you can have the discipline to not play I I can find a lot of people that can play stuff I need a guy or a girl who's disciplined not to know when to play we were lucky that we had a drummer with Lou uh and Lou was a very good drummer when i told him i i wanted him to go soft he would go soft when i told him i didn't want him to play he would go he would not play in, until i shook his head until i shook my head and said okay now you go in but there are some people who don't have that discipline not to play because it's best for the song just for a little while. I don't mean the whole song. You know what I'm talking about, Rob. You know, yeah. what I mean for a minute or so,
1: or thirty I, seconds or something. As a composer, I, I got a few requests. Or um, uh, when I am asking people to change their playing, it's usually faster, slower, louder, softer, or more or less. Right. That's it. It's not uh, in any way uh, associated with content, but it's still that's the way the soul is. That's exactly it has the to point have
0: more here or less here. That's exactly the point. That's what I'm saying. I never tell a drummer what to play. But, well, sometimes I do because it's a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell them at some points, okay, a little bit softer there because it's a soft section and I yeah. want I want dynamics put in. Just like you do. Sometimes you say to me like, "Oh, maybe that should be playing that loud." Man, I listen to the composer. Because he's got something in his head when he writes the song that I don't have. I understand that. This album typifies that about everybody being subservient to the song. And of the song that that the composition and how it runs. And if you got to sit there for a minute. While the drums and the piano are playing. And that's it. It's... And you're pissed off about that. Listen to it. Because it's powerful as shit. <laughs> yeah. But people don't understand that. These guys understand it. These guys are legends yeah, because of that. Yeah, the
1: problem I've had with the you know telling people, um, uh, maybe don't play this part. <sighs> they take it as a personal attack. They do. They do. They don't.
0: They're selfish and egotistical, which is why I love you're this album. you saying you don't like my plan.
1: Exactly. No, I'm saying I want less sound, right? No, you're saying you don't like my plan. Okay, Rob let's Rob knows because I, <laughs> I did this
0: once to a certain guitar player. I took his part out because I didn't think that the part that he came up with served the song well, and he walked yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't say a word and just left, and I was saying to myself, really? Like, you can still play in the song. I just don't want that little lick that you put in there because it doesn't serve the song. It actually harms the song, and yet to be able to do an album... Where you are telling people that, and maybe they're doing it themselves, but where you can say you have to lay out here.
1: Strangely and they say, enough,
0: fine, we're, fine, if that, if that works for the song, fuck, I'll do it.
1: Where the hell do you find five guys like this who are all on the same page? Magical, man. I mean, really, <laughs> on the same page? It's hard
0: to get one person to do that, let alone five people to do that.
1: Yeah, these guys definitely uh, put in what they thought was best for the song, and they did. They were right. Their thoughts were right. Their thoughts were right. (laughs) The
0: you know the 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 sum, you know. If a group works together, which sometimes only happens. Roxy Music, Brian Eno left after the second album. He he kind of got enough of this. He wanted to do stuff on his own. You can only do that for you can only agree for And it's usually when a band starts. People are more compliant when a band starts, records their first album. It's when you start becoming more experienced and you think you should be doing more and you want more say and blah, blah, blah. It happens with Roxy Music, it happens with their band. Things change, the music changes because people don't want to be subservient to the song. And I understand that too. Uh, because people, people get sometimes, for reasons of their own, sometimes good reasons, sometimes bad, think that they should be playing more and they're not subservient to the song anymore and maybe they're right in certain cases sometimes you have to listen to people too that's the that's the fine line between being a composer and being like this is how this song should go and you should listen that's why one of the things we do as a band is we co- record sometimes three versions of a song yeah. because <laughs> maybe the composer isn't right <laughs> maybe somebody's other somebody's other 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 version of his song or her song, but we don't have any women in our band uh, is just as good. But, and it's a compliment to the songwriters that we have, which is usually me and you uh, that we are, we are open to any version of the song. It's just that we make sure that our version is also on there. And then we just take which one we like the most, but to have this as the only thing, (laughs) and to say this is a song it's easy when you do three versions of a song to get everybody compliant because you're doing kind of a version of everybody at least yeah advanced. everyone uh, uh, kind of a everybody. chance
1: to satisfy
0: themselves yeah their but
1: point. here you don't here
0: you have to work you're only getting one chance you're spending lots of money you know you don't have a free studio to to make this album you've got uh island records giving you so much you don't have time to fuck around these guys are in sync. Like yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> they
1: practiced a lot to be able to do this in the amount of time that they did.
0: And to make it sound fresh, even though you know that they had to go over these arrangements lots yes. to make them cohesive. To make them like because it's not it is complex music. It is complex. It is complex music, yet sounding not complex, which is the hardest thing to do. I mean it does sound complex in some ways, but in other ways you think I could kind of do that.
1: And then you try and replicate it. It's like, fuck me. <laughs> Damned impressed with this album. Um the one thing, lyrics, I thought they were more effective as um with the music than just as poetry. As poetry yes. they were good, but with the music they're great.
0: Uh more abstract than then they yes. will become later on the, the the which I I find fascinating. They are imagery heavy. They are mm-hmm. imagery. They're not so much storytelling as just imagery heavy. Which I it's not a knock. It's actually a compliment.
1: Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. it works, and other times it doesn't. Yeah. This right. time it works. It's, for this type of music, it's perfect. The mental pictures you kind of draw from it uh, they fit together. And oh
0: yeah, it's it's like arty lyrics for arty music. Yeah. Really. And then when you get into later Roxy music in the late 70s and early 80s, the music is less complicated, and uh, you find that Brian Ferry's lyrics are much more straightforward. Hey, suits the music, <laughs> right? Brilliant. I, I I find every facet of Roxy music from beginning to end. They are one of my favorite bands of all time. Literally, and I I I spent. Uh, most of the 80s listening to every Rocksteam Music album and just going like, I don't know how these guys do it. I've never heard a band like this before, and I have yet to hear a band come close to this. How many stars, Rob?
1: Of course, you know, I gave it five. If I could give it more, I would. <laughs> I gave it uh, four and a half by the time I gave to the show, and, uh, you know, uh, repeated listens uh, probably go up to a five because uh, uh, there was no... This is one of those ones I was just looking forward to listening to every day. Yeah, it was. You know,
0: and I still do. 40 years later, I still... I, I was... I wanted to listen to it. I listened to it three times this... Three or four times this week before we did the show. And I was going, fuck. It's too bad we have to move on. And
1: part of it was just <laughs> the surprise factor. I was totally not expecting something this... It sounds just. It doesn't sound like 1972 music. It sounds like nothing else. in I know 1972. it
0: really doesn't. It, it and it's really timeless because it just feels almost like today too. It just it's so fresh and it feels like it's today. And um, this is what we listen to music for. Is albums like this. Yeah. It really is. This is this is this is why I get excited about rock and roll music. Is about bands and albums like this. Literally, that's it. Why, why have you dedicated yourself, your whole being, for your whole adult life to rock and roll music or music in general? Because of bands and
1: albums like this. <laughs> if they can do it, then that is something to shoot for. That
0: is something to shoot for. Yes, I don't want to be, uh, and I'm not knocking bands, but I don't want to be an ACDC that plays this and that. That's great. Whatever. Def Leppard. Whatever. Whatever gets you through the night that's fine i don't want to do that i want to make music like this or my interpretation of music like this that goes into different time signatures different dynamics the whole kit and caboodle this is why i wake up in the morning and put on records that hopefully someday i can hear something like this there's always that hope that i can hear music in a band like this that's why you know you put that record on every week that that I choose is that we both hope, wow, I hope this blows us out. We never <laughs> hope that, oh, I hope this is shitty and gives me a really big bummer. <laughs> well, I hope I hate listening to this and give up on it after the third listen. <laughs> We've had our captain in the Tennille moment and I don't want it again. But unfortunately, <laughs> music is fast. Well, we're over time by drastic amounts again today. Uh, That's our show. You know,
1: if we just say the show is an hour and 20 minutes. (laughs) Somehow, it would be an hour and 40. Yeah, I guess so.
0: We will have next week our last album in this series to review. Yes, a whole four weeks of this. It's been very exciting, actually and uh, one of our best themes yeah i don't
1: mind this because this isn't a stylistic theme no. it's just a, it's just a, a year, year theme. theme yeah and
0: to hear debut albums just usually they sound fresh you yeah. know and uh, uh, they have a, a band comes in with or an artist with a lot of ideas and it's very 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 pleasantly surprised uh, uh to, it's a very great theme because like you say it's not a, a style it's just it's the year it's the year man So, and, uh, like I said, next week we will have our last album, and it's a record I'm looking forward to reviewing. And then we'll take a week off. I always, and no, we don't, (laughs) well, you guys, they get a week off. We have to, we're so behind, we have, we have to, we have to record whatever. You guys don't care, but you guys get a week (laughs) week off. (laughs) So, uh, remember, today's 1972 music is tomorrow's. You listen to that shit, twenty twenty two. That's what you get. <laughs> Everybody's nineteen seventy two music is some young guys. What the shit is that? That's not. <laughs> you know, like, That's not music, young buck. I think actually that was our theme today. Really, is that is that no matter what you listen to, eventually it it it's not for some. A lot of people, it's not as uh, life changing as as, as you think
1: you. it is. Only for you. <laughs> Well, that's a fault of the people who are not me. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> right. Hey,
0: this album changed my life. didn't? Well, you're the loser, but it didn't change your life. <laughs> you uh, missed out. <laughs> so, everybody, uh, as always, take care and stay safe. I just write her on.